Welcome to the Astrology Rocks podcast for the week of December 17th, 2012, brought to you by Sastrology. I'm Michelle Suzanne, author of your weekly forecast at Sastrology. You'll also find me at starstruckastrology.org. Okay, let's dive in and talk about what's up in the skies this week. It starts off with some mighty big talk, perhaps some fairly big promises. But can you deliver? Uh, Careful if you hear anything that sounds too good to be true, uh, because we're in the throes of planetary messenger Mercury in an opposition with, let's expand on that, Jupiter. And that's starting at the top of the week, Monday, December the 17th. Now, Mercury and Jupiter, they're in, they're in mutual reception with each other. And what that means is they are in each other's signs. So, Mercury is in the sign of Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter is in the sign of Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. Okay, so they have uh, swapped homes for a while. So, in that sense, Mercury and Jupiter are working as a team, right? They've agreed to lend each other their homes. However, they are also opposing each other, okay? Um, And the opposition, by the way, the planetary opposition is, uh, that's half of the circle, half the zodiac, so it's 180 degrees. So, in this planetary opposition, they're also like a married couple that's fighting, All right. What does that mean for you? Well, you may meet either Mercury or Jupiter in the guise of another person. And that person may disagree with your ideas or they may have issue with something that you said. Uh, We tend to experience planetary oppositions by a sense of being literally opposed by another individual. Um... This Mercury-Jupiter opposition may also manifest as a fervor for a cause. This is a lot of, um, wow, we get really passionate about what we believe in. So those of you that do uh, work that involves, well, I don't know, fundraising or or really trying to awaken people to uh, social causes and to, to justice for all people, uh, Monday is a day where you won't, you just won't be able to um, get off your soapbox. And I don't mean that in a, I don't mean that in a rude way. You will really want to be heard. Um, the other way this can manifest is politically toned debates or philosophical discussions. Uh, how else? Um, religious council meetings. So people that are involved, um, in a house of worship, a place of worship. If you sit on any type of council there, if you've got a meeting, things will likely be rather interesting on Monday. Or perhaps you're working with a publicist or you're an age, uh, you're working with an agent, or maybe you are a publicist or agent, or maybe you're working with a lawyer or a doctor, or you are a lawyer or a doctor. All of these professions are represented by Jupiter. Uh, you may you may not like the approach that that person is taking with you, um, or at the very least, you may be concerned about it. 
All right. These are some of the ways that Mercury opposite Jupiter can reveal itself. Now, there's a lot of mental energy here, so it's quite buzzy, but the only issue is that you may feel quite scattered. Your energy may be rather unfocused. Now, interestingly enough, as bombastic as this energy may be, because it's got a real preachy undertone, if we're not careful, there also appears to be some delight in it, or at the very least, there's some kind of value in it. That's because Venus is approaching this opposition with Jupiter as well. Now, technically, uh, in Venus's case, the opposition will align exactly on Saturday, December 22nd. But while it's building in energy, we feel that. Okay, so now we introduce Venus into this mix. We've got Mercury and Venus opposite Jupiter. And you could call this mix the value, which is Venus, of seeing alternate points of view, which is Mercury opposite Jupiter. Or uh, we could say this is about measuring the worth, that's Venus again, of philosophical ideas or teachings from organized religion, that's Jupiter. And on some level, uh, Venus involved in this in this mixture can point to a desire to unite the heart, that's Venus, with the ego mind, which is Mercury, and the higher mind, which is Jupiter. So this is not a bad type of energy mix per se. No matter what you may hear about planetary oppositions, uh, yes, there may be some rather high-spirited debates or arguments, but they won't be malicious in nature. And furthermore, all planetary oppositions have the ability to meet in the middle and to find value in both sides of the equation. Now, on her way to opposing Jupiter, Venus will first make a lovely flowing alignment with Uranus. It's Venus trine Uranus. So, you may notice on Wednesday, December 19th in particular, surprisingly pleasant connections or tuggings of the heartstring or new enlightenment that empowers you. That would be the Uranus side of this energy. Now, Venus also deals with money. Uh, so depending on what's happening in your personal chart, some of you may come into a little unexpected cash. Or, on the flip side, you may feel like making a donation to a humanitarian organization. It can flow both ways. Uh, that's because Venus is feeling very generous in philanthropic Sagittarius. All right, so some high-spirited days ahead. Then we move to Thursday, December the 20th, and we experience the first quarter square moon. Now, think back to Thursday, December the 13th. That was a week ago. We had a new moon in Sagittarius on that day. So at that point, the sun and the moon were united, and it opened up a new, new portal for you to begin working on your latest goals and affirmations. Now, we're a week later in time, and the moon has moved from being united with the sun at, at uh, a sort of a zero degree point. The moon has moved 
90 degrees away from the sun, creating a right angle. And we call that a square aspect in astrology. So the moon is at a right angle with the sun. And we call this the quarter moon. Though (laughs) when you look up at the sky, it looks like a half moon. It doesn't look like a quarter moon at all. Now, the thing is, this 90-degree angle generates internal friction so that you feel compelled to move in a certain direction, and there will likely be a type of block for you to get around because the square aspect is partly about blockage. Now, how are you going to get unblocked and free up some energy? Well, for some clues, let's take our cue from the position of the moon this Thursday. It will be in the final degrees of Pisces, on the 28th degree of Pisces to be exact. And since there are 30 degrees in each sign of the zodiac, the moon's first quarter square falls on the second last degree of Pisces. In fact, dear listeners, um, 28 degrees Pisces is the second last degree of the entire zodiac because Pisces is the 12th and final sign on the zodiac wheel. Now, that that gives us some really strong clues that part of what this first quarter square moon is about is about clearing and transcending. Pisces, the Pisces archetype, deals partly with releasing the old to make way for the new. So with that in mind, if you encounter a type of block, might you need to let go of a particular piece of your plan in order for it to gain more traction. That's one thing for you to consider. Another possibility is that Pisces energy also relates to the use of intuition and drawing wisdom from within. So might you benefit from meditating on your issue? That can bring up a great deal of clarity for you on how to get around that block. Pisces is also highly creative and very stimulated by visuals. So if you're trying to release a block, whether it's mental, emotional, creative, or spiritual, it may help you to move through the block by taking some time to browse through a visually lush book or magazine, um, or to meditate on an image or, or a symbol that really grabs you, even if you don't know why. Um, just being able to open up that visual part of your brain uh, opens a path into your core that can help bypass that sometimes judgmental and bossy left brain that tells you why all your ideas are just not going to work in a million years. Don't you love that bossy brain boots? Bossy, bossy boots brain, I should say. All right. Finally, Pisces is nothing if not exceptionally imaginative. If you are a Pisces, you don't need me to tell you that you have got an entire world inside you, and it's likely private. It's uh, your own inner fantasy life, but it comes in high-definition color. If you're Pisces, this is one of your gifts. Don't take it for granted. Uh, It may surprise you to know that not everyone in the Zodiac knows how to access their imagination, and for some people, it is downright impossible. All right. If you're not Pisces, (laughs) you may be asking yourself, well, what's so special about imagination? Well, 
the gift of being able to visualize, to make images or movies up in your head can lead you to the inner realms where cosmic truth reveals itself. And the human imagination can be used for spiritual enhancement as well as creative expression. So if you're working on releasing a block or a mental pattern that you can't stand caring anymore, or you want to release an emotional state that weakens your vitality, letting your inner daydreamer have some time to creatively brainstorm may prove to be quite helpful. If you just sort of let go of the problem, go off into your own little daydream world, you may find that later on you have somehow magically, in quotation marks, uh, realized what you need to do to unblock yourself. There is actually something quite empowering about this first quarter square moon because as soon as the moon gets off that 28th degree, she's going to make her way to a conjunction with Uranus and Aries. So there is bound to be some type of light bulb moment that helps you undo any knots. And finally, this first quarter square moon is about blending. This is the time to blend your reasoning and intellectual skills with your heart and intuition. In fact, that need to blend will only intensify. It'll get quite strong on Friday, December the 21st. On that day, the sun is moving into Capricorn, which is what heralds solstice time. Uh, it's winter solstice in, in North America and summer solstice in South America. And at this time, we experience equal parts day and night, if only for one blessed moment, <laughs> there is um, a beautiful returning of the light. At least in the Northern Hemisphere, the light returns ever so gradually. In the Southern Hemisphere, ever so gradually, your days start to get shorter. So when the sun moves into Capricorn, we are launched into Capricorn season. Now, Capricorn energy deals with tangible reality. For Capricorn, it's not about faith in the unseen, which Pisces really, really gets. For Capricorn, it's about the efforts of sustained work that lead to success and acclaim. That's something that may be more difficult in the Pisces field, sustained work. Hmm. Speaking as a Pisces myself, I can tell you... <laughs> Uh, that lesson comes later in life for some of us Pisces folk. Now, what's interesting is that this particular solstice, the sun in Capricorn is lining up with Neptune in Pisces through a, a flowing 60-degree angle, which we call a sextile in astrology. And that lovely sextile opens up the possibility to combine elements from both the physical and the non-physical dimensions of existence. Now, Capricorn is an earth sign, so there's a lot of awareness of the physical body when we move into Capricorn season. Yet, Neptune in Pisces almost takes you out of your body, right? Uh, you can have a lot of out-of-body experiences. Neptune in Pisces teaches us that we are more than these meat sacks 
that we are wearing. Neptune in Pisces teaches us that we are infinite beings from source energy and that the physical costume you wear as your body is temporary and the professional success you achieve is temporary, however sweet it may feel. Both our physical bodies and all of our achievements are limited by chronological time. And time is something that is ruled by Saturn, which also rules Capricorn. So we actually do become increasingly concerned with time when we move into Capricorn time. Now, Neptune, on the other hand, rules the infinite. Um... In previous podcasts, I've spoken of the way that our experience of time is shifting, courtesy of Saturn and Scorpio. And it's interesting because Saturn and Scorpio is still in a, in a wide trine with Neptune and Pisces, as if to reinforce that message that the way we experience time is shifting. It also reinforces the message that you are infinite that you are timeless. You are spirit wearing a physical body and you may feel bound by the restrictions of time on the physical plane, but beyond your body is timelessness. So if you are working to accomplish a goal, whether it's related to your profession or it's a hobby, the sun's very sweet sextile to Neptune on Friday can really help move you out of the crush of time and into that zone where you you kind of move out of time. Uh, you may be absolutely unaware of how much time has passed, but you are able to accomplish a great deal at light speed. So sun sextile Neptune is practically creative and practically spiritual. Now, no doubt about it, December 21st, 2012 is a banner day for those that are seeking greater awareness and freedom from the trap of time and the trap of material reality. And unless you have been living in a cave for the past year, you probably know by now that December 21, 2012 marks the reset date of one of the Mayan calendars, namely the long count calendar. Now there have been rampant speculations and in some cases outright declarations that we will all experience a shift into the fourth and fifth dimensions and that our planet is shifting as well. So the, uh, the actual planet Gaia, Earth, is shifting, that she is conscious and making a shift. Now, I've been hearing a lot about moving into fourth and fifth dimensions. In practical terms, I, I just don't know what that means. Uh, Einstein says that the fourth dimension is, it consists of time. And he's also said that you cannot separate time from space. Meanwhile, physicist Gerard Hooft speculates that the fifth dimension is, compro- is comprised of space-time. So we, it's interesting that both the fourth and the fifth dimensions are said to be connected to time. Um, in practical terms, this doesn't give us much to go on, does it? In terms of what December 21st is all about. So is, is it a day like any other day of the year? 
Or is it indeed a special day that will mark the ascension of our planet and all of its inhabitants, as many people have been declaring? I don't know. I like the sound of it. <laughs> um, you know, it sounds good. And to be sure, there does seem to be a global awakening underway in which people are en masse feeling into their oneness with each other and oneness with all that is. And that has been intensifying over the years. Still, how do you differentiate between the mystic hype that is Neptune and Pisces versus authentic and measurable transformation that Capricorn energy expects? And thanks to Pluto and Capricorn, we we are aware that there is transformation happening uh, on a on a wide scale level. Capricorn is one of the social signs. It tends to relate to not just the individual but to the masses. So yes, astrologically speaking, we have some type of proof that there is mass transformation underway. Um, but we want more proof don't we, that something special is happening December 21st. So we look at the astrology of the day because it gives us some reliable geometry to work with and Capricorn energy needs tangible proof. So interestingly enough, it just so happens that on December 21st, Mercury will be on the 14th degree of Sagittarius. Why should anybody care, you may wonder. Here's the deal. Go way back in your memory to June the 4th. June the 4th, 2012, we had a partial lunar eclipse. And that lunar eclipse fell on, drumroll please, 14 degrees Sagittarius. So that eclipse moon was at 14 degrees Sagittarius and the sun was opposite at 14 degrees of Gemini. Now, Mercury rules Gemini, making it one of the eclipse rulers of that day. So it's actually quite significant that now Mercury comes along to re-stimulate that eclipse degree. It's kind of like a cosmic acupuncture needle. And you can be sure that those of you that experienced some type of event on June the 4th, courtesy of that eclipse, um, a new development is in the works for you, and it's related to that June 4th eclipse story. Uh, what else is cool about December 21st is that at the exact moment of the solstice, the moon will be at 14 degrees of Aries, making an exact trine to Mercury at 14 Sag on the eclipse degree, as if to really emphasize to us, pay attention Something related to the eclipse is going on now. All right, dear listener, maybe I make too much of it, but I, I find it uncanny. And to me, it seems especially relevant and timely as we come to the end of the Mayan long count calendar. Now, as Fox Mulder from the X-Files would say, I want to believe. <laughs> and because I'm a Pisces, uh, well, that may be all as much as I need, is the desire to believe. Um, but how about you, gentle listener? What do you make of December 21, 2012? 
I invite you to share your views on the Sastrology podcast page in the comments section. All right. As I wrap up this podcast, I am playing for you uh, Adagio in G minor. It's Adagio in G minor for strings and organ um, by Albin Onini. So, I am Michelle Suzanne. And as Mercury and Venus spar with Jupiter, and you move into the first turtle of the goals that you set last week with this Pisces first quarter square moon, and as we move into the solstice portal on December 21, and the light returns, and many have heralded as the ushering in of a new golden age, I wish you, dear listener, a week that brings a sense of hope, peace, and joy. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Until then, take care and be well.